0: And I'm on. This is Doctor Bill. How you doing? I got a little feedback there, Ken. Can, can you uh, turn turn something down?
1: There we go, Doc.
0: Oh my God, you you scared me to death. I thought I was.
1: <laughs> I thought there were two of me. Now just fat fingers on my part.
0: Oh yeah, well, folks, the uh, the uh, producer he's a wonderful guy and a great listener and a great talker, but his fingers he's got a little arthritis. <laughs> and they don't go too fast, so he, he's got to hit that board a little faster. He's got the controls there, so he he had it so that there was a feedback. I was hearing myself talking, and so he was he had the his his uh, speaker and my speaker and everything all turned on. Anyway, we're here all right, so we're doing it. We're also streaming live on on uh, Facebook, and I think on some other social media, so if you're up and about, you can see my pretty face, and my wonderful teeth, and my gorgeous smile, and my dimples, oh boy. What a week we've had, though, huh? We're on 860 AM WGUL, Salem Broadcasting Company Station, and we are uh, bringing you the news and the information you need from Dr. Bill, your Radio MD, so Guess what? Yesterday, I get an email from my accountant, Diane. Now, she's uh, interested in politics, like a lot of small business people. And she sent me a little blurb from someone who sent her a blurb about uh, a conspiracy between uh, Anthony Fauci and the, the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Institute and George Soros and a whole bunch of other people and the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Uh, trying to steal the patent on remdesivir from uh, from Gilead. Gilead is the California-based pharmaceutical company that developed remdesivir, which is an antiviral agent that is working very well uh, in treating people with severe uh, uh, coronavirus or COVID virus or Wuhan virus or whatever you want to call it. And we've had good success, so death rates are dropping. Precipitously, And we're getting more aggressive earlier, as I've told you guys before. Oh, by the way, behind me, you'll see a little smiley face with a mask on. Don't forget to wear your mask. So at any rate, I did a little research on this. Now, I can't find, can I can't find any evidence of uh, any conspiracy uh, between um, Anthony Fauci. And believe me, I'm no fan of Fauci's. But if we're going to hang a man, let's hang him for the right crime. Let's yeah, this is, new,
1: this is news to me, too, so. I wouldn't
0: hang him for a crime that he didn't commit. So uh, actually, Gilead first received a patent for the uh, drug for treatment of Ebola virus. And you remember the Ebola virus a few years ago that Fauci said was going to kill the world. And and Dr. Bill said nobody in the United States is going to die from Ebola virus. And guess who was right? Dr. Bill is always. Always. Dr. Bill (laughs) is always right. So they got the patent for using this for the Ebola virus in 2015, and they've also applied for and received a couple other patents for use with the coronavirus and another virus called a phylovirus, uh, and this includes a family of viruses uh, like Ebola. So both were approved in the spring of 2019, from what I can see. Now, I haven't gone to the patent office to research this But I did look at what China was doing, and now they have not granted the patent in China to Gilead, but they have not given it to the Wuhan Institute of Virology either. Uh, You say, well, what's the big deal here? Well, the big deal is uh, not only money, because, of course, if you have the the rights to it in China, you've got, what, 1.6 billion people market there. That's a big market, and that's a lot of money. But also this is a game of chess that the president is playing and we are playing with the Chinese, not only for uh, trade and trade rights and uh, the ability to sustain our economy and not uh, prop theirs up at the detriment to ours, but also uh, to keep them in tow, put a leash on them, so to speak so that they don't think they can take over the world. And, you know, the big fight now is over the South China Sea, as well as uh, spitting rights over patent infringements and stealing intellectual property and uh, stepping on our toes, so to speak, and and taking away from our creativity and trying to make it their own. I mean, we don't mind sharing, but you got to pay for that, bud. You know what I mean, Ken? Absolutely, yeah. Oh,
1: sure. No, otherwise, it's just stealing more intellectual property.
0: Yeah, you know. Yeah, you, you, listen, I don't do anything for my wife for free. I expect, <laughs> I expect something in return. You know, well, the wife, I'll,
1: do, I'll do something for free for the wife once in a while. You know, nothing in life is free, my friend, <laughs>
0: as Milton Friedman said. There's no free lunch. That's,
1: that's <laughs> very true, Doc. And I
0: know that I pay every time she does something for me. <laughs> But that, that's okay. I mean, you know, that's, that's you know, one hand washes the other. It's a barter thing. It's a barter thing. So, yeah. so the, the people at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and that includes the uh, bat doctor lady, who actually was over here at, at the NIH and worked with Fauci. I mean, these people know each other. This is a small community when you get this high up in the research field, and you're talking about a virus, a single you know, family of viruses, of coronaviruses, and you know, people are collaborating all over the world, which they should. I mean, we we need to work with each other, and we don't see as physicians and researchers, we don't see the same borders and boundaries that uh, economies and nations see, and nor should we. But we should also respect the patent rights and the uh, production rights of companies, no matter where they are for what they have, uh, developed uh, for their intellectual property, as well as for what they are producing. Uh, but you know, the production of course is, is, is different from the patenting. The patenting says we have the intellectual rights to this. And so that has some value to it. Whereas the production can be farmed out in China to a Chinese pharmaceutical company or pharmaceutical companies. So this is something that, uh, That we have to take seriously but at the same time we have to continue to try to cooperate and we have been doing that uh, even though there has been a lot of criticism of of the interaction between our cdc and the uh, chinese research institutes like the wuhan institute of virology but i mean this is a good a good uh, uh, a good organization that is trying hard to bring some relief to humanity and to prevent future diseases. Uh, You might say, well, why did the bat lady bring these viruses back to the lab? And then they have the opportunity to get out. Well, she feels that, and there are a lot of researchers that feel that we need to get ahead of this because as the environment changes, as things warm up, as people spread out further into the boondocks, uh, that we're going to come in contact with uh, non-human species and have transmission of diseases from those species to us, like the coronavirus. Apparently, the coronavirus is directly spread from bats to humans, and so this Potential has uh, manifested itself in a way that's been very detrimental to a lot of people. Uh, Several hundred thousand dead in the United States. So the fact checked here is that Fauci, Bill Gates, uh, they won't profit from remdesivir. Now, I don't know if Fauci has his his hands in other projects like vaccines and vaccinations, Uh, But uh, certainly he's not involved in this, and I haven't seen any evidence of this. Now, the World Health Organization has launched a cooperative initiative called COVID-19 Tools Accelerator. And as you know, the United States has also uh, launched their own, uh, the president has his own warp speed program for the development of the vaccines. So there are things going on all over the world. Now we have decided not to fund or not to contribute to the World Health Organization because of the stance that they have taken. And I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but I think that quietly we're still going to work with uh, with Chinese scientists and doctors. And and i tell you, Ken, I've read a lot of the studies coming out of China regarding the virus and I found them to be very helpful, not only uh, for my, my own personal uh, use, but also in the practice and in discussing it with with doctors at the lunch table and planning a, a strategy for uh, uh, for fighting this virus. And not only that, with with the administration, you know, I've gone to the administration at the hospital with suggestions and ideas from uh, data that I have seen at at uh, or from research out of China as well as out of Japan and, and Vietnam. And so we, we have a responsibility as physicians and researchers to keep our minds open and to cooperate with our, our brothers and sisters around the world who are doing the same work we're doing. And presumably we think and hope that we are all working on the same crisis, the same problem, which is to, uh, to fight this virus. And you can say the Chinese government has been a bad actor and that they have uh, stifled uh, uh, information and have uh, repressed the release of information from the Wuhan Viral Institute and from other areas uh, within China that would have helped us fight the virus earlier, and that they have refused to allow our CDC people to come in and work with them, whereas we continue, I'm sure, to welcome their people to come in and work with us to try to figure out how to solve this. And I'm sure that quietly we're doing that, you know, what goes on in public and what goes on behind closed doors are two different things. So here's the deal. Gilead science developed remdesivir. Uh, They got the patent for it, starting the first one in 2017. Then again in 2019, they got more patents. Uh, It has not been patented by the Chinese government as of yet. Uh, And so I think that, uh, We're probably trying to apply pressure there to get the Chinese government to recognize that we, the United States, that Gilead, has the intellectual rights to this and that they should get some cash for it, even if we do license it to be produced and sold by Chinese pharmaceutical companies. Having said that, I don't think there's anything to this conspiracy theory. And, you know, if we're going to hang Fauci, let's hang him for the right reasons. (laughs) That's my feeling about about that. Mm-hmm. Now, let me say this about the vaccine. I saw where uh, uh, AstraZeneca's price stock fell a little bit this week because people were concerned about uh, the side effects of the vaccination. And of course, there's going to be side effects to, to a lot of vaccines. I mean, to the flu vaccine. I don't know about you, Ken, but my arm gets sore. I get a little achy. You know, and Absolutely. I, yeah. I get a fever. I mean, Okay, so what? I mean, that's what happens when you use a live attenuated vaccine, even dead killed vaccines can cause that because it revs up our immune system. And part of the immune system response is to release chemicals and enzymes in the body that are irritating because that's how we fight different diseases. We release, you know, the little white blood cells release uh, irritating chemicals to kill the, the uh, invading organisms. And so that also can be irritating to our cells. So, big deal.
1: It's better than dying, you know?
0: know, You know, take an ibuprofen and shut up. (laughs) Exactly right. Get your vaccine and get in line. (laughs) I mean, you know, come on. So, okay, at any rate, the stock fell a little bit, but it'll come back. And there are several other companies. You probably don't know this, Ken. AstraZeneca has over 1,000 people in this study. I didn't know that, no. They they do, and it has worked extremely well. It's produced high levels of antibodies as well as stimulated a good uh, t-cell which are the little white blood cells that carry the memory of of this uh, particular antigen this foreign invader in our body and so the little t-cells are maintaining that memory and that's what we want we want long-term memory of this so that even if your antibody levels drop over time that if you're re-exposed that you'll fairly quickly mount a response and you won't get as sick if if at all so This is one of the reasons why those of us who are older and had been exposed to the swine flu were at less risk when that came through because we had already had some exposure to it and immunity and our T cells remembered it. And so we rubbed up our our immune system and started making antibodies to that swine flu uh, specific protein on the swine flu capsule that uh, tells our white blood cells to kill it. And that's how it works. Is that complex?
1: No, I understand, I understand it completely. Have you heard anything about, I just heard a quick blurb the other day that Russia has approved one of their vaccines. Have you heard anything about that yet? I, I
0: very little about it. I'll have to take a look at that. But uh, a good try, they can, you know, first you try it on the Italians. And if it works, then you try it on the rats <laughs> in the laboratory. And then you can take it back to Russia So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. I just heard one quick little blurb, and that was it. I never heard anything else about it just a couple days ago, so I was just wondering if you had any more information on that.
0: But, no, but you can't believe the number of really uh, high-level studies that started in Italy because uh, maybe their CDC has tightened up, but in years past, they were pretty loose about about all that. So uh, uh, we, we might take it over there first. So maybe uh, AstraZeneca will see if the Italians want to line up and get a shot. <laughs> It's easy there, Doc. <laughs> I love the Italian. Have you been to Italy? It's I have beautiful. been to Italy.
1: Yes, it's unbelievable. Italy is just it, unbelievable. If you can go to Italy, go to Italy.
0: Absolutely, and the friendly people, and they they like Americans. Mm. And I told you about the two kids that were uh, that were uh, at the airport in Rome. I forget the name of the airport. It's outside of Rome a little bit, the international airport. And uh, their flight got delayed, so they went out in the hallway and. Laid out their sleeping bags and they were sleeping, and you know the, the 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 airports in Europe have been pretty heavily patrolled by not just by police, but I mean they've got they've got federal troops that march through there with uh, you know automatic weapons, and so they open the door, looking around because there's people roaming around the the airports and they have to keep order, and they woke these two kids up and demanded to see their passports when they looked at their passports they said oh you're Americans I said yeah they said go back to sleep <laughs> because yeah. we're the good
1: guys yes we are and they we're they the do love guys. we have bases over there we they love us over there they really do. and
0: and and we love the Italians yes. I love the food I love the ambiance The, the I don't history, like the tr-
1: the architecture it's all fantastic you got to I don't really like
0: the, I don't like the parking tickets and the traffic tickets a lot of scooters and you don't know where you can park and where you can't park. And if you park somewhere you, you're not supposed to, you get a $200 ticket. We had a $1,000 worth of tickets we had Whoa. to pay when we got back. <laughs> wow. It was worth it, though. Get, a,
1: figure, get a cab next time, Doc.
0: Well, they, their city governments needed uh, some cab. Well, it's hard to take a cab from uh, from Torino to Milan to mm. Venice to, to uh, Padua to... Uh, you know, all the way down to Rome, over to San Marino, you know, that's a few thousand miles. So that's a little. Yeah, it was cheaper to take the tickets. <laughs> I bet, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, at any rate, what were we talking about? We were talking about America and how how much good we do and how the people around the world love us. And
1: and uh... oh, by the way, did you see what the president did last night? Yes, he took some action. Congress is stuck in nothing. And so the president jumped in there.
0: And, and, and for those of you who didn't hear his speech, he is, uh, I don't know where he's going to get the money, but he says he's going to extend the, uh, the unemployment supplement by $400 a week uh, until the end of the year. And so that's down from 600. And of course the Nancy Pelosi wanted 600. Uh, but, uh, The president and his economic advisor said, well, look, if you give them 600, in some states, they're going to be making more money than if they were back at work. So we want to stimulate people to get back to work. At the same time, we don't want them to starve to death. So 400 a week, you should be able to eat on that. And he has suspended uh, uh, evictions uh, from apartment rentals for people who can't afford to pay their rent. So rent's free, basically, right now. So there you go. You got food and rent. And uh, the utility companies, at least in our area, are are giving people a pass if if they can't make their payments. I don't think I haven't heard of anybody having their utilities cut off. Have you, Ken? I don't not think yet, that's No, happened.
1: no, not no. at all.
0: And uh, then he's also uh, talking about suspending the payroll tax, which is Social Security and Medicare. And of course, the Democrats are yelling, "Well, you're going to hurt the poor, retired, and elderly people because." They depend on their Social Security and their Medicare, and Social Security and Medicare have been tough to maintain funding for because of the large number of baby boomers like you and me, Ken, who are now making demands on the system. I mean, I'm double-dipping. I'm getting Medicare and Social Security.
1: Good for you. Are you you on it yet? yet? Not yet. I got about three or four more years yet, but – you oh, you're into, a baby. If you, I'm 61. I'm not quite the baby, but yeah.
0: <laughs> you're a decade younger than me. You're still in diapers.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, as the only, I'm going to need them more as the older I get, I think. So. Um, well, you
0: know, in in the 60s, in my practice, that's neonatology. In the 70s, that's pediatrics. In the 80s, that's adult medicine. And then in the 90s, that's geriatric medicine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you paid into the system so you deserve it, so I hope you are taking it, yes.
0: I don't know what I deserve, but you know I'm gonna
1: take it because what the heck? It's there. That's, that's it's, why you did. that's why you paid into it. Oh, okay, all right. You, you, didn't, I want you, to, didn't, you didn't pay into it not to take it, Doc. Did
0: I get my check this month? Somebody meong honey, go check and see if we got our money. <laughs> so at any rate <clears throat> the government is going to or at least the uh the president, through his programs here, is is going to uh, continue to help people out as much as he can. He's suspending the interest payments on student loans, and I don't know if he's going to suspend student loan payments altogether or not. What this will do to the bank stocks, I don't know, but they should be able to make it up on all the home loans they're making. I mean, there's there's so much cash out there, Ken.
1: The phones keep there, ringing it, on that subject. I know they just keep. There is so
0: much cash i have never seen this much cash in circulation never in my life and you know is that a good thing say, or a
1: bad thing does it lead to inflation that's the question
0: well i think that we'll we'll deal with that i don't think we're going to have that much inflation because the economy is going to expand and as it expands the demand is going to increase and so i think that supply uh, abilities will will be there because there's already cash in place and i mean let's face it businesses have not uh, been blown up like in a war. And, uh, you know, they're not obsolete uh, as they were in the first decade of this century, in which it was an opportunity with the great crash there in 08 and 09 for tools, for companies to retool. Because if you look at companies like uh, GM and Ford, they've already retooled. And Tesla, uh, I mean, look at the tremendous amount of technology that SpaceX has developed. So there's plenty of new technology that's been developed, and I don't think we have to worry about the infrastructure at least of industry uh, collapsing or decaying. I think if anything, it's getting stronger. and it's been an opportunity for uh, companies to realign and and to streamline and to bring into play technologies and management. Capabilities that they perhaps had not had time to do uh, before the virus hit. So there are some benefits to the virus and, and to the slowdown. Uh, but I, I don't, I'm not that worried about inflation. Although I tell you what, for for land prices in Florida, I wouldn't mind a little inflation. You know what? <laughs> you thinking and, about
1: and, thinking about selling Doc or something?
0: Well, at some point, I'm going to be too old to to sweep the floors here. They're going to have to carry me out on a litter, <laughs> and park me over in one of these nursing homes in a diaper but uh hopefully that's a decade or two off i certainly hope so i hope so too but i'll still
1: do my show well i'll be here helping you out also also in a diaper (laughs) also in a diaper probably it'll be dr bell your geriatric and that other guy
0: (laughs) (laughs) so at any rate so uh Listen, what is this about the Logan Act? Why are they making such a big deal about the Logan Act? Have
1: you figured that out? Not yet. No. Uh,
0: you know this? Do you know when that was passed? It's been a while.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was. It was signed into law by President John Adams in 1799, in an attempt to keep uh, uh, people from trying to privately negotiate with foreign governments on behalf of the United States. So the whole story was this guy named Logan, Dr. Logan. He was a Quaker from Pennsylvania. Those darn Quakers, they get into everything, don't they? He uh, went to France during the the, uh, Quasi War back in the 1790s between France and the United States. You got to remember there was a world war going on. Great Britain and her allies were fighting France and her allies. Napoleon was about to take over. And, uh, you know, that led to Waterloo and all of that mess and so it involved asia because all the european countries had interest in asia it involved africa because they all had interest in african uh, troops came from all over the world to fight uh, it involved the middle east uh, turkey it involved the americas there were battles going on in the caribbean and we got pulled into it and so uh, the Federalists under John Adams were bound and determined to keep us out of a world war. They felt that we were not at that point yet to be able to take on, uh, a, a big country like France and the Caribbean, uh, and that we needed to grow our own economy in our own country. Although he did ramp up the military and he built one of the largest navies prior to the 20th century. I mean, he had a big Navy there for a while, which. Uh, by the way, Jefferson immediately decommissioned a bunch of it, and then had to recommission, recommission it to fight the Barbary Wars when he sent troops and, and and ships over to North Africa to to defeat the Barbary Barbary pirates. And you might know that that fight song of the Marines from the, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli.
1: You remember that? Absolutely, sure. You know where Tripoli is? That's uh, yeah, wait a minute. That's uh, our Tripoli is Greece, isn't it? No,
0: Tripoli is North Africa. North Africa. Libya.
1: Libya. Libya. There you go. I was in the right general region.
0: So the the two big battles (laughs) that uh, the Marines fought on behalf of the United States Navy, remember the Marines were originally uh, troops that were on ships, and they would fight ship to ship, and then they morphed into landing onto beaches, and um, and now we have a, a branch of the Navy called the Marine Corps, which are... Uh, specialize at uh, assaults and invasions that way. And so, at any rate, that's where the, the fight song of the Marines came from. The halls of Montezuma is when they landed in, in Mexico during the Mexican-American War, and Tripoli is a North African landing. Anyway, any rate, so the Treason and Sedition Act and the, uh, uh, the uh, Logan Act, all these things came out at that time because people were trying to negotiate privately with the French to get them to... Uh, leave us alone and not pick on us. And so the Federalists said, you can't do that. Of course, this guy was a Democratic Republican. They were the, the Democrats back then. So at any rate, that's where the Logan Act came from. And guess who wanted to use the Logan Act against General Flynn and President Trump? Vice President Joe Biden. He wanted. He's the one who invoked the Logan Act. Now, nobody's ever been convicted under the Logan Act. There's only been a couple of uh, 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 charges filed over the past 200 years with with this act, and none of it ever went to court. A lot of a lot of constitutional and legal issues that uh, we might have time to talk about later. But uh, right now, Ken's got to take a potty break, <laughs> so <laughs> he's texting me on the back line here that it's please Doc
1: please It's stop for a break <laughs> i didn't so wear, i'm doc i didn't wear the diaper today you're right that
0: you didn't wear your diaper oh my god so <laughs> so now we're gonna we're gonna take a break here and dr bill will be right back i am your radio md dr bill your radio md all right hang tough we'll be right back
3: With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Democratic lawmakers dragging their feet so President Trump has acted. Yesterday he introduced executive orders to do a number of things, including suspend some payroll taxes and replace an expired unemployment benefit with an extra $400 per week. The president is casting his actions as necessary, given that lawmakers have been unable to reach an agreement to put more money into the economy, which has been shaken badly by the coronavirus. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar has arrived in Taiwan in the highest level visit by an American cabinet official since the break in formal relations between Washington and Taipei in 1979. And the Japanese city of Nagasaki has marked the 75th anniversary of the U.S. atomic bombing with the mayor and dwindling survivors urging world leaders to do more to get an international nuclear weapons ban. This is SRN News.
0: Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments. So call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727-545-9674.
2: Can the daily recommended servings of fruits and vegetables fit into just six capsules? Yes. We start by sourcing organically grown, whole fruits and vegetables we ensure they are picked at peak ripeness all of our produce is third-party tested for pesticides heavy metals bad bacteria and nutrients they are then washed cut and put through an advanced vacuum cold process which removes the water using pressure this maximizes the nutritional value while preserving the color smell and taste of the fruit or vegetable The freeze-dried food is then ground into a fine powder without adding any additives, fillers, or extracts. These powdered foods are then mixed in our proprietary blends and encapsulated, locking out air and moisture. The capsules are then bottled and shipped directly to our customers. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code RESULTS.
1: Take AM860 The Answer with you wherever you go. With our mobile app, TheAnswerTampa.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and at Radio.com. Hugh Hewitt sees the never-Trumpers missing the boat.
0: I look at the never-Trump people shrinking by the day. Donald Trump has successfully reframed the understanding in America of what we are involved in vis-a-vis the Chinese Communist Party. And they're so self-absorbed. The Hugh Hewitt Show,
1: weekday mornings at 6 on AM 860, The Answer. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Today, intervals of clouds and sunshine with a thunderstorm in spots for the afternoon. High 93. For tonight, it will be partly cloudy with a low 73. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, a thunderstorm spots for the afternoon with a high 92. Then at night, partly cloudy with a thunderstorm, a low Monday night of 80. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Kevin Snyder for AM860, The Answer. I'm
2: going to take two weeks don't I ever find vacation. I'm going to take my problem to the United Nations
0: my congressman and he said i to help you, son, but you're too young to And I'm back, this is Dr. Bill, a little bit of Summertime Blues I was trying to get Blue Cheer, the head-banging one on But uh, the boys, I guess they couldn't find it I don't know what happened But that's the old one, that's the old standby from the early 60s Remember that?
1: That's a good one That's a great one, Doc, I love <clears throat> that version
0: Yeah, well, that's okay. It still works. I I found it uh, very uplifting and refreshing. So at any rate, I love the part where he says, I'd like to help you, son, but you're too young to vote.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So here's the thing, Ken. I've had a lot of people, including my son, arguing with me about mail-in voting versus uh, absentee ballots. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand the difference. I know you do.
1: Well, one is more of a mass mailing, and one is if you request it because you're out of town or whatever. you know. Well, in Florida, you don't even have to be out of town. You can absentee
0: ballot vote uh, by request. But first, you have to register as a voter, True. which means that you have to have uh, citizenship in the state. You have to have a driver's license or an ID card or you know, your passport or something. You have, in some way, be able to show that you are who you are. And then you have to formally request... Uh, you have to fill out a little form and send it in to the uh, Commissioner of Elections here in your county.
1: They have your signature. so
0: and They got your signature. You have to sign it so that they can match that. And then when you do get your ballot, you uh, of course, you fill it out. There's a privacy sleeve. You don't put your name on the actual ballot. But what you do do is when you seal the envelope, you have to sign it on the back. And so you sign across the seal so that if the seal's broken, they can see that your signature has been torn. And uh, then they compare your signature to what they have on file. And then, and only then does someone open it up. And uh, then there's a Democrat and a Republican poll worker there. And they both look at it and they tally up your vote. And that's how it works. Now with, uh, with the mail in, voting, what that would entail, according to the Democrats, is that anybody who has an address would get a ballot mailed to them, whether they live there or not, whether they're dead or alive, whether they're a citizen or a non-citizen, they they would all get a ballot. And so then everybody would fill it out and mail it in who wanted to vote for whoever they wanted to vote for. There'd be very little way you could uh, keep tabs on who is a legitimate voter, who's a citizen, who has a right to vote and who doesn't, and you would also have a nightmare in trying to count these things, uh, how are you going to determine whether Joe Blow's signature is really Joe Blow's signature if you've never had it before, if you've never seen his signature before? So it's a big mess, and the president, unfortunately, is right, or fortunately, depending on which side of the fence you're on, for better or for worse, and I'm all for what he's doing, to put, a, put, the quayosh, put, the, put the kibosh on uh, mail-in voting. It should not be allowed. It should not be funded. And uh, I don't know how you feel about it, Ken, but I just think it's a bad idea to have uh, ballots mailed out willy-nilly to everybody and their brother.
1: If you want one, request one. I mean, that's the way it's been forever. At least in Florida. Yeah.
0: Uh, You know, I know for the military in a lot of states, you can do that. Or if you're, uh, you know, a foreign businessman or a student traveling overseas for for a semester, you can get a ballot that way. But in Florida, you can get it by just being a registered voter, filling out the proper forms and requesting an absentee ballot, which is what the wife and I do. Uh, I know
1: know. a friend of mine. Her husband got an absentee ballot and he's been, you know, departed for the last six years. So just sending them out blanketly to every registered voter is kind of like a Chicago way of doing things. You're you know what's get, wrong with that? You're going to get people voting maybe, you know, they shouldn't be voting. <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, I
0: love it when, when John F. Kennedy got elected by dead people voting in, in Chicago. That's that, right.
3: <laughs> that was. I lived and, there
1: for a long time, so I know it's all true. Everything you hear. <laughs>
0: and and in the movie he he supposedly was upset with his father for rigging the election but i mean the guy cheated in in college and in law school i don't know why he would worry about cheating to get to be the president but uh, apparently he did hmm. or at least his father did that's the story but who knows
1: but you can get one if you want to if you're if you're afraid to go to the polls whatever if you uh, don't want to go you can get one just by requesting one
0: i'm afraid to go to the polls those people have COVID. <laughs> I ain't going there. <laughs> polling... I think they had COVID when I signed up 20 years ago.
1: <laughs> polling station. Let me. Uh, well, I was anticipating that. COVID
0: when I signed up for absentee ballots. Yeah. And it was wise. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, the polling stations. Uh, I went to, once I went to our polling station here in Gulfport, Florida, and it was uh, down at the beach and. It was an interesting experience. Uh, I, there weren't The line wasn't that long. There weren't a whole lot of people there. I don't remember what we were voting on. But uh, <clears throat> but then, you know, I got over it. Okay, I did that once. You know, I've seen Rome. I want to see Naples now. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, there's always more to see, but uh, I'm not sure the polling place is, is where you're going to see a whole lot. And then you also have people who are, uh, not of your persuasion and you have to be careful not to get into any kind of uh, discussions, shall I say. Correct. Yes. And uh, so, but at any rate, it's just much easier. Yes. And also when you get the, when you get your absentee ballot, one of the nice things in Florida about getting an absentee ballot is that there's always uh, judges and uh, school board officials and local and, and uh, statewide offices to be filled and you probably don't know a lot about these people so it gives you an opportunity to do a little research so you jump on the internet and you look at this and you go to real clear politics or the republican or the democratic website or whichever one you're for and see who they're for and why and you can make a little better informed decision about it that way
1: now you just have to so, make sure it gets there by election day correct
0: yes and you can even uh, drive down and, and hand it to to the people at the um, at the city or county drop-off area, there's there's a place up here on 66th Street North uh, near the Tyrone Mall, 22nd Avenue in Tyrone and 66th Street North. There's a county extension office there. You can drop it off. And I actually took a, a ballot there and dropped it off one time, just to see what was going on. And they actually had uh, a guard standing there at the ballot box. And then there was a Democrat and a Republican. Two poll workers, two women, and uh, and you know I challenged them and I said, "Oh, you're both Democrats." "Oh, no, 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 no," and they, I mean, they were very friendly. We had a, it was fun and we 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 kidded around, but uh, it's uh, at least in Florida, it seems to be fairly well protected and fairly well organized. Now I don't know how that would work out in other parts of the country, since there are probably a lot of states that don't have any experience with this. But if they want to start this as an absentee ballot uh, voting system, they need to get their state legislatures cranked up and make sure that this is a legitimate process. Remember that the federal government ultimately can put the kibosh on, on uh, illegal voting activities, but, all, but it's the state's right to determine how to set up their voting within the limits of the Constitution and the amendments there, too, and the federal uh, election laws and the civil rights laws. But uh, the states still have a lot of power to do do what they want with their, with their voting and how they do it. So those opportunities do exist, and I think that people just need to understand and recognize that uh, it's in your hands, within your state, and within your jurisdiction to see that these things are uh, brought to fruition so that you can vote uh in some sort of mail in uh fashion, but just not a blanket uh situation where everybody, are everybody's out getting to everybody something. yeah that's right i mean that yeah. that just doesn't no, work. Florida's,
1: florida's been doing it for a long time and it's it's been very safe so i' have i very effective. very yeah. confident in florida's ability and,
0: And did you see that I think there are some elections in, like in New York where they still haven't decided them yet because they don't know what to do with all these mail-in ballots they got. They don't know how to count them. They don't know how to verify them. There's fights going on. And and what a mess. What a mess.
1: Yeah, that won't happen here. No,
0: no, no, we won't. We don't want that. And the hanging Chad, that was just a big made up (laughs) bunch of baloney anyway.
1: That That was that
0: That was fun to watch for a while, though, back then. I think one of those got stuck in my ear. One Is that of those what chads. happened? Yeah. Yeah, and it just bothered me for months and months <laughs> and months. I don't know what to do about that. So at any rate, we've talked about the patents. We've talked about voting and mail-in. We've talked about what the president did. Oh, I, I, I wanted to go over this. At the end of the press conference yesterday uh, evening, one of the reporters yelled at, yelled out something negative about the uh, veterans act that was passed a couple of years ago. You remember that where the veterans can now go outside of the VA system and find a private doctor.
1: Sure. Yeah. You remember that? I do. Yes. What, what happened? I didn't see the press conference. So what happened at the end?
0: Well, the, the woman said uh, this is not, you know, some reporter was yelling out this doesn't work. And why did you do this? And what are you going to say? And how do you, and what do you justify this on? And, but let me tell you my experience as a doctor. Now, I, I see vets. Um, we don't see a whole lot, but we do see veterans. And we also see TRICARE, which are the families of active military and, and veterans who get benefits. And so we we see some of these people. And, and of course, we share patients back and forth, the, the VA and the hospitals in the area. They get overwhelmed, and they send patients to us, or they don't have a, a particular uh, ability. For a while, they didn't have cardiac Bypass surgery at the VA out here on uh, Tyrone Boulevard, going out towards Madeira Beach, and so they were sending them to Northside Hospital and other hospitals in the area. <clears throat> so there's a there's a, a collaboration and camaraderie back and forth. But what this allows the veterans to do is to say, you know what, um, my doctor is just down the street, my or my wife's doctor, and I'm just going to go to him instead of going out and driving out. Uh, 20 minutes to the VA and then having to sit in the waiting room all morning. Now there are some guys that, and some veterans that love it. They go out there and it's a social event and they'll sit all day and and they enjoy it.
1: join with but the old guys. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, they're hanging with their homies yeah. and so, but you know, there are other guys that say, and gals that say, look, I don't want to do that. I want to go see the doctor. I'm busy. I got things to do. I want to, I want a relationship with Dr. Bill cause he's handsome and he's smart <laughs> and he's strong, and, and he's got a radio show. <clears throat> and, I mean, you know, those are important factors when you pick a doctor.
1: I'm not going to argue with any of that, Doc. There you go. And
0: so, so it also decongests the Lions out at the VA, so it makes it easier and faster for other people to get in and see the VA doctors because there are fewer people there because some of them are going to private doctors like me. What's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? And two thirds of the veterans that have been polled uh, say they like it, they like the idea. Now there's always going to be those who say, well, we should all be in the same basket. Uh, and I, I had this discussion with one of the uh, uh, one of the executives at uh, at a travel insurance company up in Toronto a couple of years ago, and he said, I don't understand why the Canadians won't use some of these private imaging centers that have cropped up in Toronto. And you know they're they're coming down in price. They initially started out at $1,500 for a, an MRI. They're down probably to about a thousand now because of the pressures on the system. By the way, here in the United States, I can get you one for two or three hundred bucks. again.
1: no kidding. CT, sc-
0: CT scan or an MRI self MRI self pay. So that's another reason to see on the behind me here is Dr. Bill Radio MD Telemedicine 727-384-6411 you can't see it because you don't have your Facebook up (laughs) how did you know that because you would have told me you said you are going to bring your laptop I know I forgot (laughs) get Joe he can pull it up on one of the other computers Joe can do anything Joe's amazing he is amazing and if he can't do it Robert will talk about it Joe's a genius he is. He
1: really is. He's, he does He won't admit it, but he is. He's <clears throat> way too modest. And he's he's cute too. <laughs> so he's uh, giving you a big thumbs up there, Doc.
0: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Joe is the Ramrod at the station. He's the number two behind uh, our our fearless leader Barb. And so, Joe is wonderful. I've had Joe over to dinner a couple of times, and uh, we've done a few things together, and we we. Buttoned up the station with the last big hurricane threat. We were out there screwing on plywood. You remember that, Joe? You get another getting uh, yes nod there on that one. Yeah, all right. Uh, but he's a good guy. But at any rate, so back to the to the story I'm telling you. So I said to my friend, we were talking about why the Canadians won't use the the wealthy Canadians who could afford to get get an MRI scan. Why they won't go to these private centers and pay? He said a lot of people don't want to jump the queue because they feel like it's unfair to other people that they get it and the other people don't. And we both said, that's craziness. If they get out of the line, the guy behind them will get up quicker. But, you know, that mentality of
1: uh, we're all in this together. It's my buddy first kind of mentality too.
0: Yeah, you know, that's great to a certain point, but then you have to inject a little rationality and a little reason into it and say, look, if I am eating up resources that someone else could use, and I have the ability to get those resources privately somewhere else, why wouldn't I do it? Why wouldn't I get out of the way and let somebody else come up in the line? I I just, you know, I've never understood that mentality. And and this is the problem with socialized medicine. It pulls everybody down to a lower common denominator. And then they train the kids like they have in in Canada because it's a censored press all the way around. They train them that uh, this is the way it's supposed to be. We're all in this together. Of course, the prime minister's not <laughs> together with them. And if you go to Ottawa, they got a lot better health care and a lot more facilities than anywhere else in Canada. I guess it's similar to Washington, D.C., where there are more doctors per capita in Washington, D.C. area than anywhere in the country. And there's probably more MRI scanners and CT scanners and all kinds of other facilities, outpatient surgery centers and anything and everything you want. You can get right there in Washington, D.C. So it's a little bit uh, disingenuous, a little bit phony when these politicians try to convince people that we're all in it together. We are not all in it together. So if you're a veteran, call a doc. Yeah, so if you're a veteran, you call me. And by the way, for those of you who can see it, which does not include Ken because he didn't bring his laptop, seven two seven three eight four six four one one seven two seven three eight four six four one one. I'm I'm trying to get this telemedicine thing going, Ken, so I can keep the practice open. We've stayed pretty busy with the coronavirus, the COVID virus, and uh, you know we saw the census drop this week at the hospital and all over town. I guess the numbers are going down. You know, the big surge, I said that there would be waves of this. I didn't think they would be quite this big. But we're going to see waves of the virus as uh, we open up society. And and we saw that. You know, that's what we saw the past month. When we opened up in June, we saw the surge in July. Uh, Now, you may say this is a horrible thing. not if you need business. Not, not if you're a doctor and you're working in the hospital. You might want a little bit of it to trickle through. Well, the, we the can, doc
1: is my doctor. I don't know if anybody knows. We, we, I don't think we talked about that much. But the, you're my personal physician, and we've done the telemedicine thing. That works pretty well. It does.
0: It works really well. And we got to um, spend some time together, and and uh, you weren't subjected to a rectal exam because you can't <laughs> you. do that. Yes. Over telemedicine, you can't do that.
1: I can't have everything.
0: No, (laughs) so you were saved uh, from that but uh, you know it's it's a good thing and my patients they love it and I kind of enjoy it too you know I'm relaxed I'm sitting at the desk I can uh, look at your chart because I've got two screens and one is is with the uh, telemedicine video and the other is with your chart open and um, I can send in your prescriptions right from my desk because we can do it all over uh, the internet now and we can We can uh, diagnose a lot of things just by talking with you and go over your lab work. You can come in for your lab work early in the morning when nobody's there, and so you're relatively safe. Uh, Get that drawn or go to one of the Quest or uh, United Labs in the area that we're affiliated with. Um, The girls can get you vital signs, and if you're having any specific problems, uh, either my wife or I can take a quick look at you, and then we can talk to you uh, over the Internet or if you don't have internet, we can just call you on the phone and have a telephone visit. And we can take care of a lot of problems that way. And it's very effective. And that way you stay hunkered down. Uh, you're, you're sheltered in place and you don't have to come in the office and be exposed to a lot of patients who are coming and going. Although we don't have a lot of people coming and going. We do have some. So that's the reality of that. And it seems to work pretty well. I mean, you had a good experience. I
1: did, yes. I and mean, we, I just had... we. It was early on during this whole coronavirus thing, and I I uh, had some allergies, and we were just trying to figure out what did I actually have, and it turned out to be allergies. So that's great.
0: And we cured you, and now look at you—you're back that's at right. work.
1: That's right. Not wearing my diapers, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> and forgetting my laptop, but other than that, everything's fine.
0: Well, you know, if you've got an extra Depends, send it over here for the show <laughs> next week. <'cause laughs> I
1: have to remember, take my mask with me here and take my Depends with me. Okay. And, and, you
0: know, people say, well, how can I stay safe? Wear your mask. Yes, sir. Wear your mask. It's really simple. Uh, what about going back to school? I am all for the kids, as I've said before, uh, getting the kids back in school with certain restrictions, those with chronic diseases, asthma. Uh, heart problems, uh, autoimmune diseases, cystic fibrosis, things like that. They need to be they need to be sheltered and sequestered, uh, uh, and we can protect them. Uh, what about the teachers? They can wear a mask. I don't know how effective it's going to be to put masks on the kids. I would say, let them go ahead and get it. And you say, well, yeah, but what if my child dies? Well, I mean, there's going to be a few kids that are going to die, and and I don't know how you can stop that if you open the schools up, other than to keep your kid at home. And you, you certainly have that prerogative because we now have uh, uh, internet schools. Uh, you can you can sign up. with There's K-12. There's a whole bunch of them. And there there can be a hybridization of these. You can have all online schooling. You can have teachers that come on to the, the uh, online schools and uh, take care of the kids. You can have pods of kids and have... Teachers come in for part of the day. Part of the problem is that a lot of moms are working and they need school so that they can uh, go to work. So I understand that. That's important. So we have to figure that out. But we can do it. There's a lot of options and opportunities. Looks like we're getting close to the end of the show here, Ken. 45 seconds. So uh, I just want to say that uh, I give the president kudos for all that he's done. And it's time that we start pressing this home because uh, you look at people like Joe Biden, who are basically just scumbags and in somebody's pocket and have been all of their careers and have crossed back and forth and back and forth over what they say. Uh, And then you get somebody like Trump, who's been pretty consistent. You may not like how he says it and you may think he's an arrogant SOB, but you know what? Look at what he's done. Look at what he's done. I'm ready, Joe. Go ahead and play it and I'll get out of here. All right guys, I love you and I'll see you next week. This is Dr. Billy, Radio MD. Let's get a little.